welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, President Biden makes history issuing the first presidential proclamation recognizing Transgender Day of Visibility. There's trouble in Arkansas as the state has passed a series of laws targeting LGBTQ people. The world celebrated the 20th anniversary of the first legal same-sex wedding, and Grammy Award winner Lil Nas X wrote a touching letter to his 14-year-old self. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. President Joe Biden issued a presidential proclamation this week recognizing the annual Transgender Day of Visibility, a first for any U.S. president. At a time when states are passing new laws that essentially bar transgender girls from participating in school sports and restrict access to transition-related care for transgender youth, Biden's proclamation signaled support for transgender people by commending their struggle, activism, and courage. Biden wrote, This hard-fought progress is also shaping an increasingly accepting world in which peers at school, teammates and coaches on the playing field, colleagues at work, and allies in every corner of society are standing in support and solidarity with the transgender community. He also recognized long-standing issues facing the transgender community, including ongoing violence against transgender people he called a stain on our nation's conscience. In spite of our progress in advancing civil rights for LGBTQ plus Americans, too many transgender people, adults and youth alike, still face systemic barriers to freedom and equality, read the presidential proclamation, which also acknowledged transgender Americans of all ages face high rates of violence, harassment, and discrimination. According to a recent study from the Williams Institute at the University of California, transgender people are more than four times more likely than cisgender people to experience violence as victims of rape, aggravated assault, and more. Biden also took a moment to point to accomplishments his administration has already achieved on behalf of the transgender community, including an executive order he signed on his first day in office fully implementing in all federal agencies the U.S. Supreme Court decision against anti-LGBTQ discrimination. He's also restored open transgender military service, and he noted the confirmation of Dr. Rachel Levine as Assistant Secretary of Health, the first transgender presidential appointee to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. While Biden is the first U.S. president to issue a proclamation for Transgender Day of Visibility, Other U.S. presidents have publicly voiced their support for the LGBTQ community with presidential proclamations naming June as Pride Month. Bill Clinton issued the first LGBTQ Pride proclamation during his time in office, and former President Barack Obama followed suit in each of his eight years in the Oval Office. However, George W. Bush never acknowledged the annual celebration. Donald Trump did deign to recognize Pride Month with a tweet in 2017, 
but he never issued a formal presidential proclamation. Coinciding with the Transgender Day of Visibility, the Pentagon announced its complete reversal of Trump-era policies, which effectively banned transgender Americans from serving in the military. The Associated Press reports the new department regulations, quote, allow transgender people who meet military standards to enlist and serve openly in their self-identified gender, and they will be able to get medically necessary transition-related care authorized by law. The new rules also ban discrimination based on gender identity. A review of service members who were discharged or denied re-enlistment because of gender identity issues under the previous policy has also been ordered. And thus ends an ugly chapter in the history of the United States begun by Donald Trump in 2017. The misguided policy from Trump was actually a knee-jerk reaction to a request from Republican House members who threatened to vote against funding for his border wall if he didn't prohibit gender affirmation operations for transgender military service members. Instead of just addressing the health care issue, Trump blindsided military leaders by announcing via Twitter he had banned all service by trans Americans. That is now history. Sarah Kate Ellis, president and CEO of GLAAD, applauded the announcement this week, saying in a statement, President Biden and the Pentagon have moved swiftly and certainly to undo the discriminatory and unjust transgender military ban put in place by the former president. This is a great day for America's service members who deserve a commander-in-chief who understands the service and sacrifice that comes with putting on the uniform of the United States military. This will make our military more ready, more cohesive, and more equal. And Sparta, the nation's leading transgender military service organization, also cheered the news. Bree Fram, a U.S. Air Force lieutenant colonel and vice president of Sparta, said in a statement, We applaud this step to ensure the Department of Defense provides inclusive policy to attract and retain the best and brightest our nation has to offer. The Biden White House also made history in March when Karine Jean-Pierre, the principal deputy White House press secretary, became the first out black woman to host an official White House press brief. She delivered briefings on March 19th and the 31st mid-flight aboard Air Force One. On the 31st, the plane was heading to Pittsburgh, where President Biden was scheduled to promote his $2 trillion proposal to expand and update infrastructure. Jean-Pierre took questions on the plan, the ongoing Derek Chauvin trial, and more. Hunter Walker, the White House correspondent for Yahoo News, tweeted a photo he took of Jean-Pierre delivering the brief as he wrote, I had a sense I was witnessing history. Originally from the French West Indies, Jean-Pierre was raised in New York City and attended graduate school at Columbia University, where she received a master's degree in public affairs. Noted as an out-political powerhouse, the 43-year-old began her career in politics, working for the John Edwards campaign in 2004, and later for Barack Obama's 2008 and 2012 campaigns, as well as Martin O'Malley's 2016 presidential campaign. During President Obama's time in office, she worked in the White House Office of Political Affairs. 
More recently, she served as chief of staff to vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris during the 2020 general election, putting a lesbian in one of the Biden-Harris campaign's most senior positions. Following the campaign, she was appointed to the prestigious role of principal deputy press secretary for the White House. You go, girl. Not to malign an entire state because there are some terrific people there, but we've got troubles in Arkansas, folks. Governor Asa Hutchinson has signed into law legislation allowing doctors to refuse to treat someone because of religious or moral objections, a move opponents say will give providers broad powers to turn away LGBTQ patients and others. The measure says healthcare workers and institutions have the right to not participate in non-emergency treatments that violate their conscience. The new law won't take effect until late this summer. Opponents of the law, which include the Human Rights Campaign and the American Civil Liberties Union, say it will allow doctors to refuse to offer a host of services for LGBTQ patients. The types of health care that could be cut off include maintaining hormone treatments for transgender patients, needing inpatient care for an infection, or grief counseling for a same-sex couple. Opponents also say it could be used as a reason to refuse to fill prescriptions for birth control or by physicians' assistance to override patient directives on end-of-life care. Arkansas's Chamber of Commerce opposed the measure, saying it sends the wrong message about the state's image. Good luck with that one. Hutchinson also signed a law that will prohibit transgender women and girls from playing on sports teams consistent with their gender identity. But wait, there's more! Arkansas lawmakers have also passed a bill titled the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. That bill makes Arkansas the first state in the country that would bar doctors from providing gender-affirming health care to transgender minors including hormones and puberty blockers, which have proven to be beneficial to trans teens. The bill also prohibits transition-related surgeries on teenagers, which medical experts acknowledge practically never happens. The legislation also allows insurance companies to choose not to cover gender transition procedures at any age. Major medical organizations such as the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, the Endocrine Society, and the American Psychiatric Association all support gender-affirming care for trans youth and have opposed measures to limit it. Such care, like hormone therapy, has been shown to save young people's lives by reducing their risk for suicide and depression. Puberty blockers, for instance, can buy time for young people keeping puberty at bay until they reach adulthood when they can make life-changing decisions on their own. The American Academy of Pediatrics issued a statement about the legislation which read in part, quote, The AAP recommends that youth who identify as transgender have access to comprehensive gender-affirming and developmentally appropriate health care provided in a safe and inclusive clinical space. The Arkansas bill not only ignores this recommendation, but undermines it, end quote. The state is also considering a bill that would require public school employees to address students by the name and sex designated on their birth certificate. Meanwhile, 
a hate crimes measure that would impose additional penalties for committing a crime against someone because of their characteristics, including their sexual orientation or gender identity, has stalled in the legislature after facing resistance from conservatives. A huge inflatable pink cake with candles aglow with rainbow flames floated through Amsterdam's canals this week as the city celebrated the 20th anniversary of the world's first legal same-sex marriages. Amsterdam also marked the anniversary by flying a huge rainbow flag from the bell tower of the landmark Western Church next to the Anne Frank House Museum. Later, the city held an online symposium and designated a rainbow walk route along 20 sites in the city considered important in the struggle for LGBTQ rights. Since the historic event in Amsterdam 20 years ago, same-sex marriage has been made legal in 28 countries worldwide, including the United States, and also on the island of Taiwan, the only Asian country to do so. Additionally, the country of South Africa is the only African nation to embrace marriage equality. Gert Castile and Dolph Pasker were among those first four couples who tied the knot just after midnight on April 1st, 2001. Wearing suits and bow ties, they were married in a ceremony led by then-Amsterdam mayor Job Cohen in a wedding that made headlines around the world. Hink Kroll, a former editor of the Netherlands' largest gay newspaper, this week called same-sex marriage the country's, quote, most beautiful intangible export. After watching video of the wedding on the evening before the anniversary, Pasker told reporters, It's very nice to look back and see how young we were. Sitting with his husband at a table in their backyard Wednesday evening, Pasker added that he was pleased the trail they blazed had been followed by so many other nations. He noted, quote, Nearly 30 countries followed the Netherlands, so that's really very nice, very good for the gay people and for society as a whole. I think because it's important that everyone in society feels at home. We wish all gay people in the world that they can have a life as we can live. It's very important. He noted, however, that all the work for queer equality isn't quite done. He added, In our private life, it could not be better, but we know from newspaper, television, and people we speak to that there are still homophobic people and there is still some aggression to gay people. That's still a problem. Along those lines, it's important to note that even in countries that have adopted progressive laws, like the Netherlands, widespread discrimination and violence does still persist and there are some 70 countries that criminalize homosexuality. Among those are several nations, including Saudi Arabia, Sudan, and Iran, that impose the death penalty just for being gay. Lil Nas X's latest music video for his single, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, might have broken the internet for its unapologetic queerness and its tongue-in-cheek irreverent take on some biblical imagery, by the way, you can check it out on therandyreport.com. But what really landed for me was a letter he also released this week, pinned to his younger self addressing his boldness today and why he got there. The Grammy-winning Old Town Road rapper posted the note on his Twitter account to share a message he wrote to his 14-year-old self using his legal name, Montero. In it, he opens up about coming out 
and his emotional journey to self-acceptance as a gay artist in an overwhelmingly heteronormative world. He wrote, by the way, folks, warning adult language ahead. Dear 14-year-old Montero, I wrote a song with our name in it. It's about a guy I met last summer. I know we promised to never come out publicly. I know we promised to never be that type of gay person. I know we promised to die with the secret. But this will open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. You see, this is very scary for me. People will be angry. They will say I'm pushing an agenda. But the truth is, I am. The agenda to make people stay the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be. Lil Nas X signed the note, sending you love from the future. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Just a few quick reminders. Please wear a face mask in public, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.